Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Carnival of Randomness, and you caught me just when I'm ordering a pizza, no pineapple, so Greg's going to introduce everybody. Hey! <laughs> oh, that's me! Hi! Well, we've got a really good music show today, so we've got, I'm going to read it down, right down the line here, we got Charlie Newcomb. Hello. Say something there, Charlie, come on now. I'm here, Greg, I'm here at <laughs> Andy right. Calabrese Productions, my that's... home away from home. Ken Colombo, hello, keyboard Greg. player. It's wonderful to see you again. I think that's three times this week. It's uh, yes. Well, you know, we get around. <laughs> we got to get new friends. I think you were bug, you were bug driving up and down the same old strip. You need to find a new place where the yeah. kids are hip. That's exactly right. <laughs> oh my God! And from WXXI, we have Mona Sagatola Swami. And I want. Oh. I want you to introduce your name because I don't want to have to say your last name, Mona. Well, you did it perfectly. So, you did. Yeah. Nice. I listen to XXI, I know. Glad that Ken Colombo, one-man street team for the little, has brought me here. So. And Mr. Jim Bristol. Nice to be here. Thank oh. you. Come on, you can do better than that. You've seen the nice pictures. Oh, You've nice. seen the pictures. You want to come down. You've lobbied. You're here. Thanks for coming. Well, you're sitting in my home away from. So, home. Mona, a lot of stuff, I guess a lot of stuff's going on with uh, XXI and everything in the show and radio and everything else. It's public, so yeah. So well, you know, even through the pandemic, radio kept happening. We kept coming into the studios, so we were able to keep playing. But we weren't able to do things like have live shows, have groups in, and we even have a thing called Beer Choir, where we lead singing with uh, local beer. So no getting together with beers with 100 people lately, but maybe it's going to be coming back. Beers sing? That's yeah. Oh, it's good. people singing, yeah. not people, beer. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the beer helps you sing eventually. More and more. Nobody wants to sing at first. Like a drunk in a midnight choir. Yeah, oh. yeah. <laughs> ah, yes. But that's yeah. even where you don't think about this, but like the podcast, we closed down because of COVID. And even going to a radio show, like I know like some people they would go and you'd have to just wipe down everything be alone yeah that's um we have to wipe everything our own mic screen which we're keeping that even post COVID we're like oh right maybe we shouldn't all be spitting into the same piece of felt yeah. so we all have our own ones <laughs> as now. we're talking to mics right, right now, now it's yeah. really... <laughs> yeah, they're pretty but far away and your show is oh so a... I'm on classical 91.5 from 3 to 7 it's a mix of classical music you know everything from medieval chant to Bach and Beethoven to things being written today and a really great Variety I like about classical. It's like all different. Sounds. It is true. I heard. So I came home like a little late last night. I was listening. It was like sort of almost this electronic type music playing. Oh, and we have a video game show starting. That's actually in July. It's called I am going to blank on its name now. Gameplay, all video games, oh, wow. symphonic music, cool. and other styles. So, yeah. The little Pac-Man music yeah. and all that. I think XXI's done a great job of just just switching things up instead of it just being like the typical you know quote-unquote long hair you know classical music of the of the past you know you guys are really really have great variety and, and it's and it's, it's that home approach too that you do because when I listen everybody's ta actually talking to you you know you've got a great style with that whole with the whole DJ thing if you want to use that term but it's not just well we're gonna play this song and then you yeah. shut up you know community feel, involvement community involvement I feel right at home key, with her right? talking right next to me I'm like <laughs> Oh, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> What's well, funny that everyone's like, oh, it's so calming to listen. I'm like, it is not calm behind the scenes, but I'm glad right. that's coming through. It does like, come through. Why it's is all I really playing? listen to now on the radio is classical. You know, and then I'll say, I'll send a message to Julia. Hey, I remember that song. What was the title of it? <laughs> well, <laughs> I know sometimes... number five. That's... No. <laughs> when, I, when I was going to the Harrow, well, I still belong to the Harrow, but I haven't been there in a while, but John Andrus was always there. Yes, he is. Um, yeah. 
he remembers all the details and all the dates of the world and seems to be... He does, uh, yes. He's everywhere a, with his amazing voice. Uh, yes. So, yes. <laughs> September 10th, 1694, what happened? Yeah. <laughs> oh, he'll tell you. Yeah. And now our other guests, what do you... At length. Yeah. Our other guests, chime in a little. What do you guys do in terms of music and everything else? Start. Well... A nice segue. I started out classical violin. Thanks a lot, Charlie. Six no. years old. Uh, <laughs> oh, cool. And, and um, did the Suzuki method, which kind of got my ear training going. And then uh, I graduated to, you know, from Beethoven to the Beatles and Hendrix and the guitar. <laughs> but I took, you know, so, sort of what I had learned when I was in the youth orchestra and all that and kind of applied it to rock and roll. That's interesting. I've noticed that how we we start at one place and go to another, but it seems like sometimes a lot of people start at rock and roll, go up to jazz, then go up to classical. You did the reverse. Well, I started with the classical and then the rock and roll, yeah. and then I found all the rock and roll, like Yes and King Crimson, that was very classical. Right. So it all made sense. Hmm. And it's all kind of related in a way. It is, though. That's the thing. It's all. That's all. That's like again. This show illustrates we have such a variety of musicians here, different types, everything else. Plus, we have a drummer. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, yeah. But, Animal here. But that's okay. I try to glue it all together, yeah. And I, one day, I will I will rip out the little horn I got at Midtown Plaza's Christmas. It's like a kazoo and I will play. Great. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. The progressive rock thing, though, I mean, a lot of us did grow up with that. I mean, and I always liked that because it was challenging. When you had to learn the stuff, you had to understand music to play it. You couldn't just sit down and, oh, you know, it's two and four or whatever. I mean, you really had to know the parts. You had to understand how it all worked together. And it, a lot of that's missing now. Musicianship played a part in pop music in a right. big way in those days. Yep. And a quote from a recent guest, once you learn jazz, you can play anything. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Well, and I like when I start to see like local groups that are collaborating that are um, different genres, and people are like, I'd be surprised when I see them working together. Like, I don't even know if it's like there was Herb Smith is in like the RPO, and right. he plays in a great jazz band, and I saw him working with a the poet. Freedom Trio, which I saw, which I was blown away yes. by. It was it's just sort of like, absolutely legal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was here a few weeks ago. He's awesome. It works great. Coloring yeah. outside the lines. Yeah, or Michaela Davis, who I met her, interviewing her. She was on a show we had done. She was like a sophomore in college playing in the harp concerto contest at her college. And now wow. I see her, you know, on Tiny Desk with someone from Grateful Dead or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah somebody. I see, it's like Weir. one of my yeah. friends is a big Dead fan. He goes, your friend's on here. And it was Bob Weir. And there's Michaela on stage. You can find the clip on YouTube. With Bob Weir at the Landmark. Yeah, with so, Bob oh, Weir. And I remember going to her Dead shows. And I'm not really a dead person. That much, but I remember Not going yet. to shows. <laughs> yes. You don't we'll smell like it. <laughs> Did you go to Hammond's Port? Yes, I was at Hammond's Port. It was good, but I'm a little worn out because I'm old. So, <laughs> so, but our other guests chime in. What do you? I'd, I'd like to chime in and just say that it's nice to see Charlie here. I'm one of the I'm one of the older fans of of his band, the Kind Brothers Band. In that, I'm not one of the earliest ones, but I discovered them in the early 90s, so I used to go and see Charlie, you know, religiously, and then one day I had the uh, distinct honor, I woke up one day and he was my roommate at, over at Murph's, um, our dear friend who has, has since uh, left uh, this realm, but um, he brings a lot to my music, and, uh, you know, 
Stan Getz said, what you need to do is find people that are better than you if you want to get better and play with them. And that's been, right. that's sort of been the signature of the last 10 or 12 years, just playing with people better. And now they're saying, hey, you know, you're not too bad, and <laughs> we'll keep playing with you. So, you know, it's a dream, really, you know, playing with I, guys like him. I have an odd analogy for that Thanks, golf. Jim. If you're you welcome. golf with somebody who's really bad, you're going to stink. If you play with better Ten- people, you get too. better. Well, I I was more of a badminton person, but golf, I found that out. One year I played a lot. You play with better people, it ups your game. You play with people who, I'm getting a, this hole was a 24 and I parted today type of game. (laughs) But I guess, too, Charlie, you have a project that's very near and dear to us at this studio because you're... Well, yeah, I'm glad uh, Jim uh, brought it up. Uh, The Kind Brothers is... Celebrating our 30th year this year. Oh yeah, older ah, than you <laughs> are. How did they happen with and, some uh, of these musicians? Before all this, you know, recent situations happened, um, I had started an album, The Kind Brothers Fly, um, over at Man Cave Studios in Penfield. And so Man I had Jim Paul Morris. Chappell, Paul <laughs> Chappell on drums, um, laying down the basic tracks, and then he shut down when COVID came in and stuff. And I had already been coming into Andy Calabrese Productions to work with Jim Bristol Band, which I've been with since the beginning. And uh, Jim just has songs pouring out like water. I mean, we'd had, we'd planned to do a couple of songs. He'd come in, oh, I just wrote this one last night. Let's do the fresh one. And, and he's got like several albums, but the first one will be coming out soon. But then, so when the Kind Brothers needed a project, I came in here and started working on tracks with Andy. So, you know... Everyone went into seclusion and everything, but I was already in seclusion in the recording studio, so not much change, just kept working away. And now the uh, project is coming to fruition. So I love that it's word. It's an exciting I love time. That word, fruition. It's kind of fruity, <laughs> but I like it. Hey, Jim, you're busy too, I take it. Um, with what? With music, I hope. <laughs> I'm busy, it's so I'm much busy fun, trying, it's hard to call it work. I'm busy trying not to it's, be busy. It's called but, playing, not work. That's right. called you know, playing. it's funny. If, if you ever reach the age where you might think about retiring, if you can pull it off or whatever, and then you enter, you open, you walk through that doorway. Here's what I've heard so many people say, and now I'm saying it. How, how did we have time to work before? Life <laughs> commands, you know, if you stop, it's like, oh, maybe I should change the oil in the cars. Mm-hmm. Maybe, uh, you know, maybe we will get a puppy. You know, and it's it, it, now I, I couldn't even imagine going back full time. But, you know, you don't, money's not everything. You don't need a million dollars to retire. I can tell you for a fact because I'm doing it on much, much, much less, exponentially less. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Well, I caught a carp today. See, told you we'd eat. The pleasures are get get smaller, but more gratifying. Right? Yeah, well, I was like one of those during COVID. I'm going to get so much done. I'm going to get writing done. I'm going to do all this, and it got to be okay. It's three weeks. I better do laundry. <laughs> it just seemed time stopped, and it's weird. Like when you're really active, like Ken and I were very much scenesters all the time, and then you don't go, and it's everything. Cl- you have you're sort of enforced being a monk. Well, I yeah. think Ken's back on the scenester scene. Well, this real, really, this is this past weekend. Um, I just made a conscious decision to start getting out again and going to see some friends. I, I couldn't stay in the house anymore. Nice. Yeah. Did the house say, get out? Get out. <laughs> get out. I needed to get out. Did they get sick of you? I'm telling you. <laughs> get out. I went to see... Well, I saw Greg with Friday night. Was yeah, it? Friday, yeah. Oh, there I, weren't anything else playing Friday, huh? No, 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 no. <laughs> but I... I wanted to get to Abilene's. I wanted to see Danny, uh, just to say hi to. And I walked in, and after 
14 months of not yeah. seeing folks. Right. And, and you walk into some place and it was surreal. It was really odd. It still is. It's a great word to use, surreal. And you were lucky because Adriana played there the other week when we went down. And we wanted to play outside. And Danny's not. It's going to rain. It's going to rain. We we're like, it's not going to rain. We played outside. Started pouring the whole night. He knows. Yeah. He knows. I mean, seeing bars closed up for the longest time and like Monroe Avenue being like empty and all, just things east at whatever. It's just, you know, it was like one of those apocalyptic last man on earth movies you know like there's just nothing going on it was like very strange that was the last week before everything closed down i parked on east my friend hannah was doing shows at the daily refresher with her mom's home booking right so i like to park down by rock and i walked it looked like 28 days later right was dead and i walked down there it's closed i walked back i got i might as well go to archive i'm here they got the sign up, the hand sanitizer, and that was, I felt like I was waiting for a zombie to come running out after me on East Avenue. It was yeah. like that. Pretty weird. Well, um, even before this all hit, um, it was already, shall we say, challenging to have a music career. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, closing down all the venues, I mean, it was like, I mean, it was already tough, but it just right. really got tough, and it's still tough across the globe for musicians right oh, now, you know. and people are trying to find their feet again. It really messed with my budget, I can tell you that. Oh, boy. <laughs> now it's like only the, only the crazy will survive. <laughs> you, kept, you kept going? <laughs> well, like, I booked this young guy who had actually gone to NAS, which I think, who are we just talking? Yeah, 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 that he was, like, had built up a career that totally, made, you know, a lot of people say when you go into music, oh, you're not going to make a living, you're right. going to blah, blah, blah. But he really was. Like, he had... He sings older songs, he performs at senior centers, he plays piano, he does music theater, he works with a youth group, he's a soloist at a church, and it was like every, you know, it was that sort of resilient thing where you didn't need one job, you needed all of them, but the pandemic took every single Mm, piece away. And then people get afraid, even if you're saying, oh, we can have rehearsal, oh, I don't know if I should go out, and you have all that trepidation, and you know, people can't, that's like the jazz festival, all the the restrictions on the flying, and the guy just, they just gave up. Gave it up yeah. for the year. And then know? he did a streaming show. It was one of his first shows with us at the Little, and he said, you know, like, you and my mom were the only people who tipped, so that's not going to be, you know, like... Right. Like, some of the... For me, it was, like, phases. Online shows, at least at first, I went to so many more shows that I booked than I used to actually go to in person because I could actually just go home and see him. But then, like... And it did feel like being there sometimes. Like, I don't know if you, if you did any of the online I had stuff. the one... I had, it was, I had my calendar. It's like, okay, this person's on today, that this time, this person's on. So I had weeks of them, and I would do those watch parties. Yeah. Right. So it was weird. It was like concerts every day online. Well, right. Well, I've said this before. I thought that the home stage thing was a great idea, and I applauded XXI for giving us all that chance, because I know we did one with Anonymous Willpower... And you know other that bands. Thank you, Maybird. And, and other other band. You know, it's just that's a great thing because it's, it's like okay, well, there's an outlet. There's an outlet. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and we wanted to do more, and then at some point we we're like, but are we providing? Yeah, we weren't sure if we were providing anything. If it's like, well, you go record yourself, and right. we'll slap an intro. Like it was good. It got people out there. It used the brand, but it was also like how. And then does it change, right? You're like, this is good, but every month was like a different phase. Like even now, like it's open, it's not. Yeah. I have some people committed to doing online stuff in the fall, and they're like, should we though? But yeah. what if it changes? Like, I have some friends like yeah. his Carl still does his shows, and Allison Moore, she's still doing her soothing Sunday songs, not as often, but like she's still doing them. So, Drew's, but now they're touring. Drew's sister, no, oh. different one. Mm-hmm. 
No, a different. Oh, yeah, movie. or like Laura Dubin and her husband Antonio Guerrero oh, yeah, streaming yeah. out of their basement and like every. They embarrassed night. me the one time when they mentioned my name on there. Our friends doing a watch party. <laughs> like, I expected like a line outside the door. I'm like, you have masks. Do you have? Eight thirty p.m. <laughs> every night through the pandemic. I mean, it helps to have a spouse who's a musician. At least in their case, right. my husband's a pianist. And I was, people like, it must be so beautiful to hear the piano at home all the time. I'm like, I can't, no more Bach. <laughs> I should never be sick of Bach, <laughs> So, so we all, we've all seen Robert Fripp and his wife's videos, right? Yeah, every yeah. week. That is, you know, there's been a, that's one of the high no. points for me through this whole thing. Mona and I were talking a few minutes ago as we were driving out here. The things that I've seen over the past year. I want to see new. I want to see things I've not seen or heard before. Yeah. And Michaela Davis comes onto that list. Sam Snyder comes onto that list. And Toya Wilcox, what she has done in pulling out her husband out of whatever <laughs> you know, depths of quietness he's been in for yeah. 74 years. It's been so entertaining seeing them at home yeah. as people... Right. You know, bucking up against the same stuff we're all bucking up against. And it's just, it's been a lot of fun. And it turns out Robert Fripp is lighthearted and hilarious. Who knew? Who would have guessed? And Toya is like a force of nature. Her music isn't probably for me, but uh, lots of respect. She's got a new album come out. It's very 80s new wave. And she has a, her voice is almost classic stage old old uh, song kind of stage stuff okay yeah. she's like of a voice of the 30s or 40s she maybe? came up in the theater in yeah England, that so. kind of where you had to sing good and loud maybe that's <laughs> what it is yeah. she was on yeah. stage with sir lawrence olivier oh when she was very young wow so. oh dear goodness it was quite yeah. a high water mark to reach i see jim percolating over here mm. oh, i just figured out did you, ever, what, uh, did you ever see the one joke thing about different math like boris <laughs> karloff plus uh, chuck <laughs> berry equals keith richards they had one they had one Shatner minus Shatner equals Olivier. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say is my my personal vault of music is right on the other side of this barrier. And I'm like, what what would I play? You guys said we might play one. What, oh yeah, we will. Even, well, at the end you can surprise us, so you can finally, tell us. I finally figured out what it is. And Charlie's, don't stay tuned. Stay Charlie's tuned. playing on it. It's it's called oh, Shadows. There you go. Well, oh, stay oh, through the credits. Yeah. Stay through the credits. But I always say one of the things. One of the landmark years of music for me was. 2012 here because that's the year my plastic son played one of the first time wow. Roy Steinsman. Michaela opened. I met Michaela. Then it seemed like it fell that whole generation where I met like Josh, I met Sam, I met all that new generation of musicians. You know, and then I see a younger generation of it. So it's like we have the older, younger, there's so many different varieties here. Michaela opened for Roy. My plastic son. I met her and was it Sticky Lips? No, this this one was at uh, Love and Cup. And I think actually I'd have to ask her or them. It was in it was either winter of 2011 or early 2012. Because I was I was at the first show for. But this was at Love and Cup, and she opened for them. I mean, and then I met. It seemed like after that it fell into place. Well, Sam played with my plastic son Kyle. Right. You know, and I met all of them, and it just seemed. Then I had this whole new generation I met and became friends with. And then now this newer generation is like Adriana and the younger people playing now. And then the Zilda generation is great. Utes. Yeah, well, and I like the variety. That was, as a friend was talking about um, in one of the community chorus and orchestras I play with, he was like, 
playing some more um, Chinese musicians and others for us, and he said something about the pipa, and I was like, well, we have a local person, Leo. Leo, oh, she's been on the show. She's great, and then my friend Alyssa, who stayed an extra year, but now she's finally going off to, I think, Finland and Sweden to study. She plays the nickel harpa, the Swedish fiddle. Oh, wow. Like, it's a keyed fiddle, so, like, it's, even when I'm booking, people are like, oh, we're showing Ratatouille, we need, like, a Django-style jazz band. I was like, well, I have three for you, I think, at least. Like, you know, it's... I and I've heard that from other people who've moved away to big cities, even, and they say, we don't get half the music we get up here oh. i was shocked a friend who lives in atlanta i was like what's playing down there like he's a lot more up here and i'm like i was shocked big city just more choices right yeah and i think maybe some maybe some towns are known as rock towns only then they don't have the variety we have you could go out back in the day before covid you could go out okay anybody comes out what do you want to hear tonight jazz what do you want to hear swing you want to hear rock go here yeah everything one of the things Mona and I did not discuss on the way over here was that... You I had the best talk before you came in. Everybody's uh, doing that lately. It's oh, show no, prep. Uh, <laughs> no, well then, no, the next best talk will be after we turn off the microphone. That's oh, right. One more thing I yeah, never right. about. <laughs> that always happens But too. I had a conversation with a friend of mine yesterday that uh, we used to both produce a show at the Little called Three Times 88, and we have taken a long hiatus, and it will be coming back. So the 88 is the 88 keys on the piano, and we would have three piano... He and Paul Nunes were really hosting it. Three piano players, different styles. Like cool. you could Oh, have I remember like that. Yeah. Classical pianist, Davis Reese from Daniel Ponder's band. That one know. dude who does the one finger pointer. <laughs> we, had, we had some Anything. entertainment. We had some kids up there that would just blow your... Just amazing musicians. So I hope I grew up with classical and then met rock. Actually, sort of in a pattern, like Charlie was talking about, like the Beatles, and yeah. you know, and then oh, who are the other people? What is the British Invasion? And now I'm listening to the stuff that was probably popular when I was in high school. I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have really resented all those bands. They were actually good, to, you know, finally catching up. I'm always yeah. behind on a lot of groups. <laughs> like the B-side. <laughs> so like, but then to hear, I love all this. You know, classical music is a huge part of my life, but I love all <coughs> these genres, and I especially love Three Times 88 when people do find out that they have a lot more in common, that it's not... You know, I think some of the old attitude of classical music was, this is the music, and there were rock guys who were like, we're fighting the, you right, know, stuff right. again. And then, back then, I'm sure as well, but now it's like, oh, no, we all do music, and we all want to do it well, and we all want to hear something good that speaks and to you us. You think of the Beatles, they came up, they away. always loved Buddy Holly, they wanted to be a rock and roll band, but they became so much more. They didn't just stay, it didn't go from when they yeah. started. That I think it, they amplified it on those greatest hits albums with the blue and red records. Right. Where they show the front, they're all like the, you yeah. know, teddy boys or yeah. whatever, they're yeah. on the back, all the long hair. Well, and even even if you say disco sucks, I've said it. Um, <coughs> I heard How Deep Is Your Love the other day by the Bee Gees, and I was, I was humming. And just, yeah. How deep is your love? And everybody <laughs> did it. The Stones had Miss You. Every band right. did disco. But you know what? Disco actually started out, if I remember correctly, they used to take, <laughs> they used to take jazz songs. <laughs> They took Probably. jazz songs and disco fight them, like uh, funk jazz. What a difference yeah. a day makes, and things like that. And those were the first early disco songs, and they were actual people playing them, I believe. And then it just got well. I think people said changed. it sucked because, for one thing, they were they were taking up space in venues where you know your choices became less. If you loved rock, you know all of a sudden your favorite venues had these disco groups, and you're like, what the hell? You know, I, yeah. I want to see the, I want to see what I want to see there. This goes in the way. Uh, but I mean, we had Saturday night. Often Fever. not groups, but records. So, like, mm -hmm. musicians are out of a job. There like, you go. Right. Well, and which, that just, yeah. and I didn't want to wear the outfits and dance on the dance floor. <laughs> oh and my that God, kind of yeah. stuff. I, I hate to say, like, DJs are not musicians, but 
Well, but There's then the art of... They're not playing an instrument that you have to practice. Well, if, they're, if they're just playing a record and not doing anything, but if they're altering it, then they're, you know, like... Then that's an artistry. That's yeah. an artistry in its own way. Well, we way. talked about that on another show, yeah. too, about pacing. And when you pace putting songs together, how you create a mood and how you read the crowd and how you... You know, you might have one thing planned out in your head, but then you see the crowd, okay, I think they're not ready for this yet. Then you work up to it, and you work up to whatever you want. You know. What is your blog, like a carnival of randomness? Yeah. <laughs> this is, pretty much. We could end up sharing recipes <laughs> or something. Well, here's my random thing, then, is that last night I saw the movie Nobody, the action movie with um, Oden, Bob Odenkirk of Mr. Show as, okay. like, an action hero. Oh, my God. <laughs> but it's oh. kind of comedic. But the thing that was great in this movie is everything, the music drops that came in and what happened were like, it was choreography, right? Like while he's shooting all the guys or while things are blowing up and then he takes a cigarette out, they chose every bit of music so well. So That's cool. I was telling my sister this and she's here visiting and she's sort of rolling her eyes at me being a music dork about it. But it was not just, you know, oh, that's a good song. It was someone who put that together understood like they were composing. And that's even like right. radio producing. You know the flow. And yeah. You, and, and, or if you're producing a record, you put these parts in, it right? It reminds me of that. Remember the, there was a fight scene in the, the first... I think it was the very first uh, Punisher movie, and he's putting this Russian guy, he's like, and he's smashing him through a wall, and they're playing this like classical weird thing, and it's like really, it's like wow, and it's like all this violence, but then there's like duh, 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 like nice happy like. <laughs> I just finished watching Star Trek Picard the first season, and they have like sort of a lot of classical that's good. But one of the things about classical, I, the reason I found it is I read The Lives of the Great Composers, mm. which I think anybody should read. And the whole idea cool. I get about classical from a non-music person who loves being around it is every classical song, if you pay attention, to it, it's telling a long story, and it starts, and it will come back to the end at the beginning. And that's yeah. how it goes. Yeah, a lot of the... And I think a lot of music, that's one of the themes lately, a lot of music is a story. A lot of songs are stories. Yeah, people say a song or a dance, but I think there is, even if there's no, like, oh, this piece is Till Oil and Spiegel's Merry Pranks. It's about mm -hmm. a guy, and they depict in music. That's one of the first classical pieces that I was like, oh, I really get that the program notes are relate to what I'm listening right. to. And the right? instruments play characters. There's, yeah, so there's those, but then there's even ones where there's no official story, but the same theme comes back, and it makes you feel a certain sort of way, the right? motif. Yeah. So, and I I mean, I like, and there's all these people who are in between classical, I mean, you mentioned Fripp or some of the longer, like, you know, they're, there are short classical pieces, like a Schubert song is three minutes, and there's things we call classical that are, and for silly reasons, but Emerson. they're quote-unquote, yeah, Emerson. pop groups that have... Emerson, Lincoln, Palmer. Palmer. <laughs> sure. Now, Mona, when, you, when yeah. you say classical music, now, there was the classical period of composers, oh, yeah. there was the Baroque, the mm -hmm. Romantic... So what people think of is classical music. Right. I mean, I find it hard to pigeonhole things to one genre. Yeah, I agree. Because oh, I totally. can't say I love classical because there are certain composers I love. Honestly, there are certain composers that come on and I'm like, this is terrible, and I turn it off. Now, sure. I listen to a rock station. There's classic rock things I love. There's other ones that I turn it off. Right. I don't love it. There's some reggae I absolutely love. I love Bob Marley, and then there's some that I don't love. So I can't ever generalize and say... I like this. Right. Yeah. And yeah. keep it within the line. I always, the quote I, like, I constantly I like use band. is uh, Dizzy, uh, Duke Ellington's quote of what there's two types of music good music and bad, bad music. music. That's yeah. my, one of my favorite quotes. And I'm always one of those people who say, go see what you like, but go th see things you've never seen before. You might like it. Because I try to be a proponent of local stuff. And so I, one of my things I found out like in high school, remember, like most high schools, especially I went to a Catholic high school in the suburbs, you were pigeonholed. You were the metalhead. You were mm -hmm. the alternative. And if you ever like see a friend, like if somebody was like a big Metallica fan, oh, 
I would Sting's album. If anybody heard that, they would be prying. <laughs> well, Sting went into jazz. Yeah, you know, and he got. I know, got Dream of the Blue Turtles. Yeah, that's where got, he took that turn. But it, musicians are not always. Have gone into Dowland, they, they, his Baroque mm-hmm. album is bad. They put Guy no, maybe not. But at least he tried. <laughs> yeah. But musicians are always being asked to be pigeonholed and what is your genre, which I've never been able to answer. Now it's probably an advantage to have something specific so you can market yourself like oh this is what to expect yeah. we're this genre some people, people need a reference though yeah, I don't oh, have we're a, a blues band we're straight blues that's all we do but if you're all over the map sometimes it's very hard well, to they define they don't know what to do with you and like yeah. Robert Fripp you know what did he say he was right. I mean he was just yeah. Which, an explorer I know both sides I was in a band when I was in college and we're like we don't have a we're a funk punk metal something <laughs> you know and I'm like we're just a bunch of jerks actually <laughs> like you know at some points we were like just being complete, you know, we were basically a rock and pop band with some influences, like some rapping and some, you know, we with a viola. So, like nice. we could say, you know, but like to say, like, but we are be like I both like I hate putting labels, but if you are thinking of going to see a show and it's so far out, it's like hard, right? Because you know, you know what I do a little now. I like for example, yeah. for example, like a lot of I'll recommend bands. Like I'll say, like the Mighty High and Dry. I'll say go see this band, and I'll just they'll ask me, okay, what do they play, and I just go. Uh, I can't. They're one of the bands I'll put like many other. I can't define it, but they're just good. Yeah. Eclectic well, is the well, one. Yeah, right. That's, right. Right. Yeah, that's the one you have. Some the, thoughts on this. I had, you struggle I, with I had this, a right? friend in um, uh, Maryland named Bill Van Vuren went to see Neil Young with him, and we saw. Uh, Green, what was it called? Greendale. Greendale yeah. Well, we went. We wanted to hear all the classics, and Neil's like, "Nope, Greendale." Was Only so the new album. Hard for me yeah. to swallow after paying the money in seventy-five dollars, and and I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna kick his ass." No, <laughs> but, but I heard people saying, "I'd like to punch Neil in the face," and I was like, "Well, that's a little extreme." But it I, was a polarizing record. My, Very my friend Bill, he said it, it so beautifully. It. This is beautiful he goes you know because i wasn't that bummed out he says because sure my taste in music is this big and he held his hands about 12 inches apart but if it's live he goes it really grows it goes out like this and then i noticed that about myself i'm like why don't i just if it's live just go enjoy it you know um i mean artists get concepts and sometimes people can get into it or sometimes they just don't understand what he's doing like i'm sure when when Dylan went electric. Oh my God! He lost uh, all kinds of fans. And you forget how big that was, and that was like oh, they they chopped the, the power cord on it. Anytime so... you get something real popular, everyone's going to want you to do it to death forever. Right. For and sure. Then a lot of people they do don't want to do their famous hits. They're like, can't I just do something creative and new? Right. Well, Unless you're Mike Love and you just go through the motions for the money every <laughs> freaking time. So that is, gets to like a really big thing. Is it about? the creator like let the artists do what they want or is it we're all like we're here to connect with people so it's about the audience it's about the listener that's with radio we say a lot it's about the listener maybe right. a combination I, I, of the two. I think it's a combination I, I think I maybe you find that. each other okay. if, if you're aware of it as a performer you can use it okay like here's a, here's a micro example I, I'll be at a gathering and people will say I fucking hate Bob Dylan I, I heard a guy say I hate Bob Dylan and I, just, I didn't care that he said it but I knew I was playing later so I started out with Tangled <laughs> Up in Blue and he was right up front and he was like he was like what's that what, what is it what is it i'm like hold on finished it i'm like well that was bob dylan you know and he's like i love bob dylan <laughs> it's like mikey it was, he likes it it, it. Was, no, he it, likes it. it was live i didn't like the dead until i saw charlie and greg play eyes of the world right in front of me in someone's living room and i flipped i remember once we had a gig at the hoot nanny and we were on stage getting ready to play and some guy came up and he's like Whatever you do, don't play Mama Tried. So I was like, 
okay, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Key of D. <laughs> and we opened with Mama Tried, which was unplanned, but just because he requested we not play it, I'm like, well, yeah, somebody went to what? jail or something. Well, like, can you yeah, like, well, I uh, turned 21 in prison doing like yeah, right. parole. You're like a wide ranging fan of you go hear like all the local bands, but also like we talk about like Glenn Gould or Tomita or like sure. or yeah, I don't know, like eccentric. Well, that's one of the things that somebody mentioned earlier about the, the, the music microcosm that we have in Rochester and how broad it is. Of course, the Eastman School is going to have a huge influence on that because now we've got all these kids, we've got all these students, we've got all these teachers, professors, performers in that building that are doing, by and large, free concerts and recitals throughout the week. So you've always got that to go and draw on. And yes, I have gone to some of the concerts at Hatch Hall where the kids that are in the electronic experimental music departments are doing new things. You know, 2019, which was my most recent... It's the most recent I could give you because that's the last time I went because of COVID. Um, what they're doing with today's technology, with today's um, instruments, um, how they're making it work on stage live, how they're making it work for film. I've been going way down the rabbit hole on a, a lot of the soundtracks and doing th you know music for film and all of those that are writing for film. Uh, Trent Reznor. You know, here's a guy who's out rocking, 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 rocking. Now he's, you know, Academy Award-winning composer for film. Well, look at Mark's my mother's bow from yeah. Devo. Yeah. That guy is all over the place. Uh, Trevor, yeah. Trevor Rabin from Yes. Yep. Huge in yeah, soundtracks. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and it's so amazing to just see how all these, all those pieces are put. You talk about from a production value standpoint. And I think artistic people like to challenge themselves and do new things and Absolutely. go to new frontiers. And I had, I saw a friend's band just uh, debuted, and he was telling me the toughest thing he plays is reggae. Like, they do what's too funny about peace, love, and understanding, but they do like a calypso beat. He was telling me afterwards, that is so hard for me to play. And I think that's almost like you try to do. You try to challenge yourself and go, well, I, I know I can do this. Let's try this. Well, reggae sounds simple, but it's a very specific feel, especially for the drummer. Yeah. And you hear a lot of people try to do reggae and get it wrong because they haven't put the time in. Right. Really I mean, I, I, I like know the one drop thing, but other than that, I don't know too much. I mean, there's Yeah, but it probably ways. took a while for you to get it. Oh, too. yeah. I've noticed it takes a very good drummer to play a straight beat and keep everybody in the band happy and not going, <laughs> oh. Uh, ooh, yeah. you know, well. and, and only the guy, the other guys, all they can do is just get on a runaway train. And it's like, didn't it sound great? How how fast and loud I was. I yeah, know, right? it did. But can you can you can you play um you know simple twist of fate? Sometimes it's what you don't play. I learned that from Steve Gadd actually. You know, he would he would like leave these put these little spots of silence in, and it's like, man, that speaks volumes. It's like what you don't play is louder than everything else. <laughs> the spaces, and, and, you know, it's, yeah, it's crazy. Less is more. Yeah, and, and I'll tell you real quick. I just want to run going back to the schooling thing, and rock and roll versus classical, and this and that. When you start doing the de uh, with, uh, deconstructing pieces, okay, one, hmm, then it goes to five. Then it goes to two, then it's the five of the five. You know, all of a sudden you start seeing the patterns, and it's the same chords. It's the same structure, kind of. They're all using the same elements, but it's like language. You know, it's like you're just re putting the words in a different spot. You know. And knowing the languages can, you know, can be something that adds to your. I, at least I hear songs where people seem to, you know, be working something in, like a little reference is cool, or right. 
just recently I was playing for my sister. I love this very silly genre that's proliferated online. I don't know if you've heard anything called bardcore. It's no. people taking rock and pop songs, like or like Lady Gaga or whatever, and they do it like a middle medieval, like oh, you know, cool. Renaissance, fair. Renaissance oh, fair. I've been doing the, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been doing so the that stuff for a There's while. a monk who does rock and roll <laughs> songs. He does like heavy metal songs and yells submarine. He's got his big drum bong. Yeah. <laughs> This guy's great. It's fantastic. Yeah, so like there's using it seriously artistically, and then there's this whole I think people are having a lot of fun making Lady Gaga sound like she right. was at the old Ren Fair, you know? <laughs> like it's. I used to love Renaissance and those bands, like because yeah. they they utilize that, and I, I I wish that you know that minstrel thing, minstrel thing. It was like you know sort of just. Well, like Gentle yeah. Giant in the room. Or not Gentle Giant. Oh, back to Progressive. Free hands. Yeah, back to Which is, I was going to bring know, up the phase where people turned all against it. Oh, if it's complicated, it's not authentic, it's not felt. You right. know, When we Punk and so New Wave trips, came yeah. and flattened all the dinosaur rock. <laughs> <laughs> and then it came back, and then Nick Hornby, who wrote, um, what's it called, um, High Fidelity, wrote this review of Radiohead calling it, you know, everything fatuous and flatulent about prog rock and <laughs> Jefferson laptop. And it's so, like we get, you know... Yikes. <laughs> Like our own critics, or maybe even our own brain, we get into a thing, and then it's like, but are we listening, or are we building up an idea? Well, people like, have their own tastes, and people like yeah. what they like, and you can't really fault anyone for that. Yeah. But like critics, I mean, a lot of times I'm like, okay, so what have you ever done? What have you <laughs> yeah. ever achieved? And and I when believe you're it, just right. tearing down the artist, which happened a lot in the 70s in, in journalism, these people with their poison pen, it's like... And right. it's tough. If well, you're going to put your yeah. music out there, you better get ready for some reviews. And they might not all be, you know, touchy I have that attitude, though. It's like, okay, get in the arena, see what you can do. It's like, what are you trying to tear people down? I respect anybody who goes on stage, because I won't do it. I'd rather <laughs> yeah. read some music generation that is knowledgeable and they're aware of the music. Yeah. And, and then it's more of a critique of the artistry right. rather than... Just or, tearing people or down. Or the reviewer should go to the fans and say, what did you think of the show? And write Because he already doesn't like them to begin yeah. with sometimes. Well, that sucks. Yeah, the oh, thing oh. for a critic that I like, someone said, it's not you... When I was writing about music, I would say, I don't want to tell you what I like by telling you I want to tell you what to pay attention to. Mm, like, if you like you this... Or, and that's... Well, like... And because Danielle Ponder just spoke at an XXI event about all that having local press writing about her positively did that got her the next gig. And now you know... Right. She, She's a Newport Jazz Fest like, mm -hmm. later this summer. She's yes. opening for Grace Potter. Her music is some HBO show. That's also talking about scores. That's where people are learning a song. It's in the background. So, like, the, that mix of, like, right, you know, you could be tearing some down or you could be opening worlds for people. Did you know, hey, look at this, look at this, That's look great. at this. That's and that shows you're listening to the music and, yeah. and, you know, being perceptive about it and, and bringing to light some aspects of it. And then people listen and think about that stuff. Grace Potter is an interesting example, yeah. actually. Yeah. Because have you seen, like, what she, a few years ago, her that whole ooh-la-la -la and... And the image she had... She went more pop. She was wearing the, the little tight skirt and the, the getting out front and no more Hammond and, you know, just being a pop star. And it was like a, somebody in management said, okay, we're going to switch you around and we're going to make you a, a you know... A well, that was the thing. thing. Grace came from the jam band yeah. festival realm, which is right. kind of my area. Right. And it's much more organic. I remember bands seeing them. They were great. Three-day campouts, lots of bands. It goes late at night. You know, it's yeah. a very freeform thing. I and guess then, maybe we'll get back to the, the summer, maybe. Yeah, we'll so hopefully they went, she went back to her original... <laughs> one of my friends... Part. She his, was so much organic before. 
Yeah. No pun intended. One of my yeah. friends last year, this was the year of getting concert ticket refunds, obviously, in the mail. I got my Nick Cave in Philadelphia thing back. But he was he calls me up. He goes, we, we'll go see Jason Isbell anytime he plays. He was playing two gigs only with Trey Anastasio. And it was a and when when it got canceled, I had to like call him and go, "Don't drink yourself into a tizzy." <laughs> oh, it's hard yeah. to take those cancellations, postponements. Well, what do you guys think about um, something you were talking about a moment ago? You may not love a band, but you can respect them. And I, what popped into my head was the Ramones. Okay, I'm not, I don't have any of their records. But when I see them, I mean, they they grab me, you know. It's, like, I want to be sedated. You, know, <laughs> yeah. you can't help but go like this. And the guitar player with that freaking, <laughs> he does it for like forty five minutes. No one knows, you know, what kind of designer drugs do you have access to? How do you how do you do that? Well, you know, much respect to anyone who goes out there and does it, builds a name, and climbs that mountain. True so much himself. respect. Even if I don't like their music, I respect that and they I admit, play when I was, music and they yeah. do it. I admit, when I was younger, I had a hipper than thou problem. If it was popular, I would be it sucked. I would be like, well, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to any movie unless it's at the little, and it better not have subtitles. It better be in a foreign language. I don't care if I understand <laughs> even. You, know? you do and, miss but out. But then you realize some, some things are. Po- you know, they're good. The Beatles were not like some little group who played for 15 people somewhere. You know? Yeah, that's well. It's so after hearing so many friends who are like. Ed Sullivan Beatles, you know, people a bit older than me, that that was the defining moment for them. When I finally met someone who was like, I was a jazz guy, I hated them. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, that wow. is so relieving or interesting in a way. Yeah, right. Finally meet someone whose life was not. He was in maybe closer to college. He's like, I liked Miles and I hated those. You know, we were beats and we hated this. <laughs> like, I'm like, okay. Oh, an old coward. Since I'm not even going to say what he said about him. I think, you know, he was a little old and bitter. But he just really didn't like him. And I think maybe because it was also replacing what he did. He saw rock. Like Sinatra was wearing the Nehru jackets for a while because they saw a new scene coming around right. replacing him. Well, no one had ever seen Pandemonium like the Beatles inspired. So I, I could see you couldn't really hear it. Um, people were all out of proportion with their enthusiasm. Right. Yeah, I mean, and they hated playing because as musicians, they didn't even bother. They didn't mold it sometimes because they couldn't hear themselves or anything Can else. you imagine coming out of the horns at Shea Stadium? I mean, no. that, that is so ludicrous to me when I think about that. That's all there was. How that passed us. Yeah, but there Low were still five. PAs in those days. I don't understand how they couldn't have put together something. The mentality that, wasn't there yet. Yeah, the I guess not. wasn't but, there yet. I, I they finally there. went from the 40-watt Vox to the 100-watt, and it right. still wasn't enough. Yeah. They had never experienced any as technically. They had never experienced anything like that. The need for it. I have guess, any yeah. of you guys heard of where um, um, these English rockers, I'm thinking of Pete Townsend especially and others, said, you know, they really weren't into that into Zeppelin. They're just like, and I used to think Pete Townsend was being like a jealous as all get out. I'm like, it's just because Zeppelin was so good. But the older I get... I see what he's saying. He was doing something so much more melodic than Zeppelin was that it was just like a, too abrasive. And, I, and even the older I get, I still love Zeppelin. And I loved Zeppelin. I grew up in Pittsburgh Village, and I swear I thought this was the the, the epicenter of being a Zeppelin fan right here. You know, a lot <laughs> you're of saying you're becoming more of a mod than a rocker. <laughs> <laughs> a mod, a moderate. Well, no, when he, he goes, he goes. Yeah. I, well, Pete, Pete Townsend was very kind about it. He goes, he goes. I just, I just wasn't really that into mm. it. And I'm like, why not? I, I love Pete Townsend more than anyone I yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, And I think he's jealous of Jimmy I think Page. Probably, yeah. I love both bands. Well, he would have to be. He would have to be. I mean, but they're so different. They're so different. And I would, I mean, you I would say they have yeah. the blonde singer who's really out there, you know, in front, great right. frontman, great drummer, great guitarist. You know, like you, you could almost say, well, they're so similar, but they're so 
different. So but different. you're right because the who, what they were seeing was so that's what the golden um, um, crown looks like. Zeppelin took it from us. <laughs> you know, they just but occupied the who is so space. much more intellectual in a way. They are. Yeah. And, yeah, and I think Zeppelin is a little more spiritual and mm-hmm. ethereal. And then just got rocking. I mean, right. they both have both sides to them, so it's. And I, I actually, Mick Wall's book about Zeppelin, I thought was great. It was the most thorough book I've ever read. And it said like Keith Richards would always like mock Bonham and Plant, but they turned out he's really good friends with Page. Oh yeah, you don't know and if Keith was, Moon got on stage with Zeppelin. Yeah, you don't and know. Bonham had him. You don't know if kid. there was like jealousy sometimes. Because all of a sudden, they be you forget how huge Zeppelin was and the Who, and yeah. then they were both brought down by the punks as dinosaurs and and like pretentious. Right. When it's just greatness. I mean, when do you ever and, see bands like that? And there was a lot of tragedy in Zeppelin. The la- there were like two halves because of with Plant, the car crash, the sun dying. So you really divide like physical graffiti then on. And I guess when, when Bonzo passed away, he was actually sort of relieved they, they decided not to keep going because he just, that last period was not fun for him. Well, imagine if The Who had stopped. I mean, they had a similar thing. Yeah. Know, an equal tragedy, but they decided not to stop and to keep going. Yeah, and Kenny Jones' book, which is really also fascinating in terms of rock, he said really him and Roger really never got along. And sometimes they just have that distinctive song. Like I like sound, I like how actually Zeppelin said it later, McCartney said it too in a documentary. It's like a four-sided thing. One side comes down, you're not going to have it. Because imagine if there was a Beatles group now, and it was Paul McCartney and the Beatles. Maybe Ringo played every now and then, but it was these guys we never heard of. <laughs> Well, well, Paul McCartney's show, or his well, shows McCartney, now are so Beatles centric. Yeah. So I mean, well, yeah. it's the closest you're going get. from Keith Moon to Kenny Jones was like, I mean, night and day. I mean, there's like no comparison. I mean, you got well, who one that's wild, abandoned, <laughs> and the other one's locked in. You know, in retrospect, like, I have much, much more respect for Kenny Jones. I remember hearing the the first um, drum beat in uh, Face in, in uh, yeah. You Better You Bet. Yeah, and Moon would come in and be like, blah, 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 like falling yeah. down the stairs, and and Kenny Jones is like, ta ta ta. And it's like, what? But now I love love Face Dances. I love It's Hard. They're fantastic albums. Well, Moon forgot how to play drums between albums, I guess, because he'd have to wait for Pete to write them. He was a mess. But that's one thing I want to talk about in terms of musicians. Equipment, like, not not really equipment, but did your instrument find you or did you find it? it, How did you find what you wanted to play? Hot Licks Music. Panorama Plaza. That's Pencil. how you followed it. They said, hey, you're going to play that. A pre-CBS Fender Mustang. I was, it found me. You always wanted to play guitar, though. That was your instrument. No, I was violin, and I still yeah, you play said violin. violin. So, um, Ken, piano, you're was, Mr. Piano. Yeah, it's been piano from day one, since I was seven. So I um, didn't think I wanted, like, we did recorder in school, and I was really bad at it. And I was like, I I'm not going to play an instrument. I, I, did, I did it. So <laughs> then my mom said, well, when you were little, you always liked to play, like, a book and a pencil. Like, beep, beep, beep. Yeah. Like a, and she said they would call me Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. A violinist. <laughs> right. So I went to the school orchestra, and we're a real small school. And the, ba- the band director, trumpeter, who also led the little orchestra, said, we've got, like, five violins, but no violas. And I'm like, what's a viola? He's like, it's basically a viola. I was like, okay, cool. So I'm one of those rare violas who actually always played viola. And I picked up flute the next year and ended up, I did like one bad fall with French horn. I don't have a great ear, and when you play French horn, you actually right. have to, you Make know, note. Notes. So, yeah. Like a bit of yeah. So, yeah. So, anyway, so that's how I ended up with viola, and it's still, I mean, I play in community orchestras. I majored in it, but it's still part of my life, even though it's not my career. That's so. cool. Yeah. Uh, I was just watching, um, 
I love the, the the classic rock stuff like Stones, Credence, Dylan. Those were our LPs when I was like in my crib. So I, I knew I wanted mm-hmm. to sing. And uh, I, I found out my grandfather on my mom's side, after he had died, I found out that he was in this pretty wonderful barbershop quartet. And he was the lead. And they were called the Four Thorns. They filled the Paul and Cornell. And there's, there's, there's recordings of it. We have them. And I couldn't so believe cool. it. But um, guitar... Uh, came to me, or, or when I knew I had to get my hands on one, uh, I was going to say it was when I saw the Elvis movie uh, documentary when I was little, but it was before that. My grandparents had a ukulele in the closet with only two strings, and it was like rusty, and, and I would come toddling in at like three, and I would just grab it, and they'd be like, oh, honey, it, it's broken, and I'm like, why? Why? <laughs> What do you mean it's broken? Okay, you're adults. Can't you fix these things? <laughs> and, then, and then when I was 12, my mom's like, "All right." She bought me a five dollar Norma classical at a literally at a junk sale, and it was had like an inch of dirt on it. And we, we we shined it all up. I mean, it took only a long time to get anywhere near even mediocre. But she we cleaned it up, and my uncle took it and sold hippie. My uncle Mark and he took it. and He goes, he, he said, "Let's check it out," and he, he held it up and goes. Um, and he listens to it. He goes, "Yep, it's a good one." <laughs> and I learned, you know, I literally just taught myself on that Norma. Wow. Mm-hmm. That actually, in terms of drums too, this goes back to the whole popular snoot thing. That, like, for me when I was younger, it was like there was no way I would ever have a Journey album or anything. Right. But like, I hear how many people love Steve Smith. I love Steve Smith. Yeah, but I'm the first one. album had Ainsley Dunbar. That's you know what favorite. I mean, the popular... You know, they went downhill after yeah. the first yeah. album. Ainsley Dunbar, well, he was a good drummer. Just, oh, just different, was. you know, di- again, different. And that was a, they were more of a Bay Area. They were trying to be more of a weird rock band. When Jimi Hendrix was auditioning drummers for the original experience, it came down to a coin toss between Ainsley Dunbar and Mitch Mitchell. Wow. And Mitch won the, the toss. I would never have known that. I just That's, found I out in the last 48 hours that um, Neil Sean... Played in Montrose. What? <laughs> well, he He's, played in Santana when he was oh. 17. That was his original thing. Yeah, I mean, that Hagar album, Braxis. Montrose, that was Neil Sean doing all that guitar work and uh, Hot, Sweet, and Sticky and all that. Yo, the first Rock one? Candy, baby. Rock Candy. The first album? It's was... Neil Sean. He's, it's like, no, oh, check it out. Yeah, you're kidding. Wow. Yeah, yeah, he's he's the one. Wow. I'm like, who wow. is that with this afro? Yeah, and then it's like, I had to look at the comments. Well, that would have been his Santana days or very early journey. I wow. had to look at the comments under the um. That's this strange. footage just I had no idea. well, this footage just hit YouTube the other day. It's live footage. It's an old film, and it's someone's going, Good, "Can you believe Neil Sean?" And, and more than one person said it was Neil. And then I looked at him like, "Oh my goodness!" Wow. You know the, the connections. Could always go further. I, I've heard a quote that um, the more the more you learn about music, the more there is to know. Oh, it sounds so strange, true. but well, nothing it, could be more true. Right? It, it's like so many of those the, old. That's the philosopher's quote about when you realize you know nothing, you're starting to learn. You can start yeah. to learn. I mean, it's like when I realized that all those session guys that were on all those favorite records you had, the Association or whatever other stuff was going on at the time, it wasn't even the band. There was no. They show a band on the record, but you mean the it, Beach Boys didn't it, play the all these. Yeah, Wrecking Crew, and my other favorite, um, the documentary, the ones who played on all the Motown. The albums. Wrecking Crew? No, the, um, well, the, well, the, well, the Wrecking Crew, but also the... There's a Muscle Shoals the, one. Muscle Shoals. Muscle yeah. Shoals, and then there's... Um, Stacks. The, um, Standing in the Shadows of Motown. Oh, yes. Standing in the Shadows of Motown, yeah, which to me was like... That was amazing. That was amazing. 
But I was thinking about you were talking about like local scenes and like, you know, the Beatles, right? They're huge, but and how everyone encountered them. But they came out of a scene playing clubs, right? Like right. the cavern and stuff. That was my husband was doing, of all things, a ukulele class. And when he picks a topic, he like digs into it. Like mm-hmm. he's going to teach klezmer and suddenly I have to learn the entire history of like the Jewish musical <laughs> oh, <wow>. experience. <laughs> And we're going to do the British invasion, and we're listening to Lonnie Donegan and really sure. hearing what Skiffle cool, is and thinking about, like, how, like, you know, apparently at the time he said, like, if you wanted to be cool, like, people were doing jazz, but it was like a jug band, like, more authentic, like, right. you know, seeing, like, that was the hipster music, and that's so seemingly uncool in a world of rock and roll. Rock and Island Wine. Yeah, so we were, like, well, right, looking at It's nice to hear the, the ukulele <laughs> come into the uh, conversation, because my father played ukulele, and, you know, it's sort of got me my start into strumming something rather than bowing with mm. something. Yeah. But, like, when I lived many years in Hawaii, and I found out it's ukulele. Oh, thank you. And it's a flea. An uku yeah, is a flea. flea. Oh, so wow. they thought the sound Tiny. of the ukulele was like a flea. Uh, jumping flea. How funny because you tune it. My dog has <laughs> That's true. Next time your dog <laughs> is flea, put dog. your ear up to the flea and see if it sounds like an ukulele. But, Mona, I want to ask you a question on just your thoughts on this. There's no right or wrong yeah. on the show. What do you think of like some of those albums? Take any band, like rock bands who play with orchestras and do that. What do you think of those? Um, I know some people, I'm just going to say, I know some people really can't stand them. Some people really like them. You like what you like. Whatever. Yeah. So when I was younger, I did like Symphony, the first Symphony of Metallica came out. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's these things that I both love. But sometimes it felt totally like it somehow was neither like as exciting as the orchestra or as exciting as Metallica. It all sounded like Michael Kamen's, you know, rest in peace, but his arrangements all sounded like like some James Bond music, which I like now. But at the time, I just meant like smooth. On the other hand, four cellos play Metallica. The band Apocalyptica was all I wanted to be when I was younger. Like, you know, so I think it can go really well. It depends what people are doing. I like more rather than like, you know, that just sort of mashing when people work together to create something. I'm on the board of this music group that's flute, clarinet, double bass, electric guitar, and piano. And they're like a classical group and they like commission composers, they're a nonprofit, but they're like a band too. And they have like, ele- you know, we had them on live from Hochstein and people are like, electric guitar on the stage of Hochstein on a show on 91.5. And right. I'm like, get used to it, it's happening more. They right. work with a banjo player. I was living in West Virginia for a bunch of years. I got much more into like Appalachian music. And so like, you know, that's sort of side thing. So I guess I'm okay with it. I it everything can be done well yeah, or poorly. Ken, did Deep Purple do one too? Yeah, Deep Purple, Deep Purple for, did one, yeah, right? Yeah, I was just sitting here thinking of all the different Proco Harum. Yeah. Well, I think the first the one day. was the Moody Blues Days Moody of Future yes. Slap. Which was supposed to be New World Symphony by Dvorak originally. It was originally. supposed to be. That <laughs> wow. is very true. But you know, the you thing with that is that the orchestra was recorded separately and it was in between. So the band did their stuff alone with the aid of a Mellotron, which King Crimson later became right. famous for, and Genesis and groups like that and you know i like days of future past but i think the best one like deep purple did com- uh concerto, concerto for yeah. group and orchestra by john, oh, lord. john lord they had done a song called april in their third album 1969 which right. had you know a whole orchestral section which i thought was way better i i was expecting better i don't really i love deep purple but i don't i don't really like the concerto for group for orchestra i think yes's second album time in a word it's like the best experiment of rock and orchestra, and it was done in London with a youth orchestra, wow. and they sound fantastic. And it so doesn't get much credit, but I really think it's the best that's ever been done. Hmm. I'll have to that Two one. pieces come to mind for me. I'm thinking a couple weeks ago, I'm surfing out on uh, YouTube, and I listened to 
Paul of Tarkas. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. One of my favorites. Now done fully by the Japanese Symphony Orchestra, mm-hmm. where, you know, the band is known, they're gone, but they have left their legacy. Right. And now to hear all the strains in the opening fifths and so on mm. of Tarkas by a full-blown symphony orchestra, th- that was just really, really something. And, th- and the second piece I was going to make was Brian Eno, Portsmouth Symphonia. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I actually think of Rachel Barton Pine, who I hear a lot oh, in XSI yeah. too. She was, she'll do like crazy trains. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ken, there's a, a young um, pianist uh, named Rachel. Rachel. Um, oh, sh- uh, well, I'm friends with her on Facebook. Oh, yes, you, you gotta go. Teeny Flowers. Yes, Flowers. Yeah, Rachel Flowers. Yes, check out her okay. solo piano version oh, of Tarkas. I've been on following her for ten years. Yeah. There's yeah. also oh. the funniest story I might have heard. I've shared this story a lot. Like it's Rick Wakeman when they would do the long pieces. He had that cape. Yeah, he'd have it over his head because he was eating his curry dinner during the show. <laughs> That's the kind of thing I want. I want like to play a song that's well. This is forty minutes. Go get me takeout. Speaking of Wakeman, you've seen the movie Listomania, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Couldn't get right through it. it. Yeah. It's Couldn't kind get of through ridiculous. it. Don't. The vampire scene I was done, but it was very good. <laughs> don't. In some I, was, ways. I was just gonna say in regards to uh, Rachel Flowers, don't be surprised to see her um, at a future jazz festival. Oh yeah. Oh, well, that's like definitely. artists who are kind of doing like Dan Tepford. You know, yeah. he's a piano. He's not playing those things, but he's both like classical and jazz, or like. I don't know, friends who are fans of like, oh, I'm not into all classical music, but I like Keith Jarrett and Sun mm-hmm. Bear. Like, you know, that sort of, I find guitar ends up in that space too, where friends are like, come to, cla- friends will co- go to classical guitar night because they're like, well, I like Leo Kotke. I like right. guitar stuff and classical music on guitar is one step over kind of. And not I think also, like I think the thing plan. is like, you see with a lot of older musicians, they want to keep doing different boundaries, but I think some of them, they make their money and they're comfortable. And I, we brought it up. Just think about like Richie Blackmore. He's like the guitar guy. Now what's he been doing? Renaissance, like, for Renaissance for right. music. Yeah. Even with that hat he it's beautiful. And I it's, love it. I love the version stuff. I love their version of Green Sleeves. It's probably my favorite. But I mean, you play like more like Jim Americana, don't you? That song? Yes. I love bluegrass. I wish the world was just one big bluegrass festival. Oh. But um so I drag that into a, I'm constantly playing the blues and bluegrass and, and, and hoping people don't notice because they, they say they don't like it. But then if they say, but I like your music, then I know that I've won. It's a, yeah, the label can't... That's one of my friends who's a radio announcer says he doesn't... You know, like on some stations, like R.U.R., you don't say the songs beforehand, you say afterwards. Right. But mm. on classical, I mostly say it beforehand because, like, what if you go away for 10 minutes or 20 minutes right. or 30 minutes and I you I wish know, she had said it because I... Yeah, I but my friend says, like, why tell someone Bob Dylan's coming up if they have a preconceived notion? Why should mm. I say, I've got some Beethoven on the way or I've got some full glass point. on the they'll, way? They'll, they'll, click, they'll kill it. They'll but so it what if they afterwards hear, what was that? I liked it. Oh, that was Philip Glass. I didn't think I liked Philip Glass. Mm. So it's, it's tough, though, because... I I would rather just inform people. I don't need to make it a punchline. Like, and I think mm. sometimes, like, I mean, I, I remember, like, for Bluegrass, and I liked Alison Krauss, Union yeah. Station, all, but I remember I when Oh Brother, plant. Where Art Thou came out, then it got a bigger audience because then more people see it. And I think a lot of people, I do great. think so many people are stuck in their own ruts of what they know, and you almost have to, like, spoon feed them. Like, if it comes out, oh, wow, it was in the Star Wars movie. You pull, you know, Luke pulled out the Sad ukulele. You know, yeah. it's like, you know, you know, but that's how a lot of people are because I've always been very open to all kinds of music, but a lot of people just, okay, what's on the top 40? 
which that's hanging out with my sister. She was more into what's in the top 40, and it turns out I don't know them. So we have a weird moment where she's like, how do you not know about 21 Pilots? And I say, when my friend, I said something about Richard Thompson, and she said, who's that? And who knows about that? Yeah. Oh, and I said, I he's have... a famous folk musician. She's mm, like, there's no know. such thing as a famous folk musician. My <laughs> funny story. Oh, <laughs> Cliff Clemens? Cliff Eberhardt had the best quote. Cliff Eberhardt had the best quote. He did one of Rick Simpson's house shows, and what he did was, he goes, okay, he's talking about, like, okay, you heard Burger King, you heard these car things that's me i do commercials yes i'm a folk singer i'm a folk singer who owns a house yeah so yeah and we get back to actually for me living in west virginia for five years which working at the station where they produce mountain stage i heard so so many different (laughs) bands and then even the guys in the mountain stage band had their own like singer songwriter series i came in loving classical music knowing some pop rock metallica beatles i don't know but i have have richard thompson's story for you i saw him play at the german house right it was postponed for like six months he got bit by a scorpion oh man good god (laughs) i remember the daryl scott story oh oh from the mountain stage, he was real old. By the time he got his son, his son was also Daryl or his dad. They have, I can't yeah. remember who's Daryl and who's the other one. But the dad wrote so many songs, then he was never discovered. And his son said, "Dad, you know, NPR wants to come and record you." And he's like, "All right." And it was only a short time after that he died. He was in his pickup truck. I think it was in West Virginia. And he was he would get up at four thirty in the morning and go for these pickup truck rides. And he was well, he was like ninety one years old. And he would just listen to the local radio stations, and he's, you know, the sun's not even up yet. And he was coming down in a semi truck, just freaking took him out. But his son is still doing the music, Mr. Scott, and their originals are just like. And that's where I guess I heard I got more aware of all the musicians who are on all the albums that sense and also that when I was first there they said something like our show does all sorts of things bluegrass old time Americana folk singer songwriters and when I first got there I was like sounds like you're saying the same word over and over again to me <laughs> and now I'm like oh my gosh the difference between bluegrass and old time you know I guess I've there's and even going always, on and even like with, with Mike Murray and his show with Mike so Murray and his more. show if you listen to all the stuff around it you get caught up I'm like Mike I hate you because I heard all this African beat I gotta buy him writing the names down on the yeah. show before and everything but it's that's what the, the, the beauty of music I think I always say the themes of the show we try to promote all things local music all good music that it just brings people together and there's so much to find out there and on that too I just got a text the pizzas I ordered in the parking lot <laughs> so we had a, it's been great Get fun them all yeah it's been great fun and I hope you guys will come back whenever you want What's thanks for being here and what's coming up for everybody and then we have a treat for you afterwards you want to just start at the end well sure the you're special because you were the at the end. Yes, you are. You, got, you had to sit at the end, but you get to be the first. The song I picked has Charlie playing violin. Well, yeah, we'll I, get to that. We'll get I, to that. I can't wait, you know, for this Jim Bristol album that's coming out. And um, it's it's earthy and it's uh, a variety. So, I mean, that's wonderful. Now, the Kind Brothers band um, is more of like a rock band. Yeah. Well, that doesn't tell you. And much. that's now we can. <laughs> but, and these days we can find you on all the social whatever things. And well, we're, and, we've been uh, doing like historical um, uh, on archive.org, like historical recordings from 30 years ago, oh, which is very much different. We started out like Grateful Dead covers because that's how we could play the warehouse. They wanted people who could do that and then we'd slip in our original things and that's kind of how it grew. I know the Grateful Dead now because Michaela was doing those shows and I went to them so oh, I'm a little more Michaela aware. does great Grateful Dead I've covers. I've heard the, 
And I've never really been, band, you know, being I mean, like one of wow. those punk rockers. This is like, I'm like a lonely punk while they're dancing and they have Choli in the air. The Yay. thing I love about them is Michaela and band is they do the 60s Grateful Dead. Oh, I, and they do it very accurately. And so. I love like the young kids. I always call them the young kids now because of us. But... When I got to know them, all their musical knowledge, like the old stuff, like Neil Young, everything, it's great. And props to uh, Bob Weir for inviting Michaela to join yeah. him because it added a whole and even new, that, and brought like, her with, to a whole new audience. Even that, like with Adriana, I know like even Billie Eilish, Greg. And all this electronic music. But Ken, what's coming? What do you just look for Ken on the scene now? Buy him a donut? You know, buy him, you know give him a, no, you know. I was actually in conversation yesterday with a uh, former uh, co-producer, and we're looking to put the uh, three times eighty-eight back together again. So that's going to be happening. Um, musically, as far as performance goes, right now I'm still on sabbatical. I have not decided what it is I want to do. One sixty, uh, two sixty-four. That's three times eighty-eight, isn't it? There you <laughs> go. Um, so yeah, musically, I'm just uh, still, you know, taking it easy. I'm. Uh, not in a band currently and uh, and enjoying it. So excellent, Mona. I know there's a lot coming. Oh uh, yeah. Well, I'm on the air back from a bunch of vacations and visits with family, but on the air three to seven every weekday on Classical ninety one five. So it's ninety one five on the FM dial. But and you're filling with the little, right? Yeah. So mu live music is outdoors in the parking lot now. It's and Tuesday, Thursday, so, or something. So it's like Wednesday, Sunday. But One's the crazy sorry. thing is, they just told me they're like, you can book back in the cafe again. So if I get my act together, mm -hmm. starting. July 8th, we'll have some Thursday, Friday, Saturday shows. I've been just at first, you know, there have been so many few, so few shows back that I haven't been able to even book the regulars for, like, one show, right? Like, you know, I'd like to hear Hannah Piquet at least oh, once. Yeah. I'd um, like to hear, like, the Brothers Blue once. And then I want to actually start looking at bringing in new bands as and well. And if they so, tore down Paradise and put up a parking lot, they better play music, music in it yeah, at least, you know? So. And <laughs> Mona, is this on uh, WXXI.org? Oh, so the website for classical, you can do WXXI.org or um, WXXIClassical.org will take you to where you can stream my show. I always wanted to ask you, what is WXXY? Ah, is that a different station? Yeah, in Houghton, where I've never been, oh. we have a repeater. And the way there works is that they get, like, when it's what's on 88.5 or, or on AM 1370, they get Morning Edition and All Things Considered. So they're not with me. They're with Alex Crichton or Beth Adams mm -hmm. at like, you know, 5 to 8 a.m. and 4 to 6 p.m., which is why I won't mention WXXY then oh. unless I make a mistake. But then come like 6 to 7 p.m., they're back with class. Like, so overnight, they're like a mixed format station, but they don't have their own station. They pick up our news during the news times and music the rest of the time. So why? Because wow. we like you. Wow, that's but that's you solved, you solved the mystery for me because I would hear Julia say in Houghton, the weather. Yeah. Yes. I was like, and I knew Houghton because I... Houghton, why Houghton? They, they don't have their own station, and so we've picked up, and we kind of we have a few connections, and we provide a service, so we don't really have a studio down there, but we try, and we've had a few guests. Now you know all So there. there's the connection. Wow. And then the other thing I just want to say is our series, Hochstein um, at High Falls, down at Granite Mills Park, Thursdays, and we normally do it all summer. We're just doing it in August. There'll be four or five outdoor Love those. shows those over lunch. I think there's going to be... The White Hots, and I'm um, trying to think who else will be there. Oh, the Mambo Kings, we got oh, in. Oh, sweet. So. Yeah, I love those. I actually oh, thought we, I always, I always, I always load I the, I always load the change up to play the parking meetings yeah. on State Street. I love them. Yeah, yeah. And I always look for the, we'll, we'll go to Greg first, and we'll get, because you're going to play, have your song at the end. So, Greg, what's coming up for you? Oh, uh, well, it's coming up for me. Well, I have this weird duo gig at Fairport Brewing on University Avenue, July 3rd, where I'll, I play with this guy, John Lipitor. I just sing a bunch of songs with him. And play electronic, I heard Greg play sing electronic drums. 
So it's Fair Park it's, Brewing in the corner. Yeah, yeah it's a it's a, no on, on University. Oh, on University. Yeah, it's weird. It's, it's, it's actually satellite location. You, you go like yeah, you go. There's actually the rock climbing place and everything. Because one of my friends played there. I had a found it, find it. So I walked around, walked by it. It's on the it's on the edge going on. But there's a big sign in front that says Fairport Brewing, and there's a Fairport yeah. Brewing in Fairport. But this is it's a good place to play. I didn't yeah. know they had music. I bypassed there yeah. almost like you know every week. Like you know. So. Yes, but and then July fifteenth, I've got anonymous willpower over at Photo. City, so I'm kind of excited about that one. Deb Jones got us in there. That's so. a neat. That they've redecorated there. It's really cool. It's you know, see all your friends. And there we go. Now we are going to play one of your tunes that has some of our guests on it. I asked Andy to. And what's coming up, up for you also as well? It's, it's, what's going uh, on? The album. Just, we're just what studio rats. We did that, but this year, I cannot wait to play. Um, uh, uh, the little, and I'll tell you why. If we ever get to, I love the audience there. The audiences listen, and right. yeah, I'll pay you <laughs> so we could play there because people will listen, and we have stories to tell, and they really do roll out, you know. And some, you know, it's like, oh, I had no idea. Yeah, yeah, that's part of the title. That's why it's called Shadows. Blah blah blah. Yeah, I mean, people sometimes some. That's a good example because that people go there because they know they're going to listen to some good music and they can relax. And sometimes people don't know why they're going out. They just, I think well, I just got to go do something. I think that's become they, a theme and, now after COVID where it's like, okay, and I, I hate to say it too, like some places you go, I get really mad when people are just talking over the music. And no, I have a theory on that. Right. It's amateur listenership. And what it is is the, the, the um, what do you call it, the adrenaline of your coffee or your, your beer that you're having. Then the music kicks in and you're just like, can't even handle it. Right. You got to tell your life story before it wears off. And you're yeah. just up there playing and you're like, Kind of makes sense. Jeez, look at them. They're really loving what we're doing. People but do they, get loud as they drink more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we had at the show at Age Bear, yeah. their, their opening, they had balloons. And I know one of my friends on stage, he said, they had to keep tossing the balloons around the whole first set. <laughs> I guess seeing them distracting me. I was like, I'm expecting, what is this, like a jam show where they got the color hula hoop going around and stuff? Well, it's like that whole experience. But that is also gets back to, like, what, as a listener, are you coming there for? Like, they could be coming for your artistic expression of who you are, or you could be coming there to feel something, to be somewhere, to right. be I'm just there people. for the music. That's it really my yeah. is. It is. And they, it's like they're stealing the show back for themselves. And I get it. It's how we're human beings. Yeah, they better not do that with Steve Earle, or you'll get yelled at Ryan <laughs> Adams or something. <laughs> oh, you'll be in a lot I don't, of I don't trouble. Blame, I don't blame them. They've earned the right to say, can you keep it down or leave? You know. Yeah. No, and Ryan Adams, the one time somebody yelled Freebird, he goes, that would have been better in the 70s when they weren't all dead. Right. <laughs> oh. he, he ragged, no, but he ragged on one woman the whole show and he actually wouldn't stop Steve Rose obnoxious Ryan he goes what did this woman think when I woke up well, I guess what I woke up this morning I'm going to find out how to ruin this concert right. for everybody but, <laughs> right. now we're going to have we're going to have your song yeah oh yeah Shadows is an excellent Jim oh. Bristol song yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, it's about a snake but it's kind of an allegory it's funny you should say and, that because and I, was, he was, I was hearing in the song I was hearing like a snake charmer and is that an oboe that they play, the snake charmer? Well, it's kind of like an Indian oboe or some kind of strange Arabic oboe thing. And so to um, achieve that effect, I, I told Andy, okay, I'm going to put my Strat lead in here, but you got to run it backwards. Ah. So to give that kind of effect. Nice. And it came out good. And then James, Jim, wanted to uh, have the flutist Sorry, flautist. Yeah. Uh, they play flute. the flute, not the flout. With the ukulele, <laughs> the backwards guitar. I have to thank so. you again so much for ukulele. Now I'm going. <laughs> I'm going to love it when somebody says, "Well, I play ukulele." I go, 
Don't you know? Who can't? Who <laughs> says you can't learn anything from us? Well, since since Charlie um, began to introduce shadows, I'll just tell you this: it's the snake and the farmer, and what it, what you always have is the farmer's usually trying to kill the snake, and he doesn't even know why. He's like, "Well, look at that big thing. We're gonna get it, right?" Mm -hmm. But it transfers over into the human experience so well. There's always somebody that wants to chop your head off, and they don't even know you. Anybody who's ever been marginalized, blah blah. blah. If you ever hear shadows, that's the deal. Listen for the. For the personal um, uh, effect of l life among all these other humans who don't want it, who don't know you, uh, Drew had a great line in one of his originals. It's evil got the speed, love got the power. Hate you in a minute, love you in an hour. Mm -hmm. I freaking love that. That's one of my themes too. Is I think, but we just look at each other. We have so much more in common, all of us. We have, and I become one of these people. I don't even like to kill the freaking insects that come in the house. But I just yell, "Stupid fly! You came in through a little slit. I'm opening the door, and you can't figure out how to get out. I know. And I'm giving you every break. I have a magazine in my hand. Come on. I have a chicken named Enza, and I open up the window one day, and influenza. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Okay, we got a break on that. On one. that, you wrote, <laughs> on okay, that I'll end it with this. How come? How come? And I'll put this on Facebook, Ken, because I know you love my humor so much. How come chicken coops have only two doors? Because if they were four, they'd be chicken sedans. Oh. <laughs> now that we cannot top that, but we'll try to top that with the sun. We'll try to top that with shadows. Thanks everybody for coming down. It's been yes. great. Thanks Bye. everybody. Bye -bye. Bye.
please look away if I'm shedding my skin And give me some time as I grow from within Come back in a while, I'll be ready to go But I won't hold my breath cause I'm always alone Walk away. 